0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the FitBeat Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. For those of you who are new, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. And for those of you who have been here before, I would like to welcome you back. Thanks so much for tuning in and lending me your ears. I hope you enjoy this new episode. Is being recorded for our podcast, so I would like to welcome everybody to our podcast. This is the FitBeat Report. I have two special guests here today, uh, Maria and Natasha from Trendy Seconds. If you guys haven't heard of Trendy Seconds, you are about to discover some amazing founders, what they're doing in the fashion retail space, and this is an episode that you do not want to miss, so stay tuned. Maria and Natasha, welcome so much to the FitView Report. I'm so glad that you guys are here, and I'm so happy to have you guys here. So tell me a little bit more about um, Trendy Seconds. Um, how did it evolve? How did you guys start? What was your um, journey behind uh, Trendy Seconds?
1: So, yes, the journey is pretty much happening. Um, we are is still developing the idea. And everything started during the pandemic. Uh, During the quarantine, I was at home with two small kids and my husband working from here like everybody else was doing. And one day I had to clean out our closets. So I took out a bunch of clothes to donate and I'm a very curious person. So I decided to do some research about the options that I had to, uh, other than donate, what other options did I have to, you know, to put in good use that clothes because it was in perfect condition. So I started finding all of this information about the fashion industry and the impact that it has on the environment and how we are consuming more clothes than ever and yet we are using it less than ever. So that kind of stuck with me in my head. So I decided to donate to a very specific you know, foundation that I knew that was going to put the clothes in a good use. And a couple of weeks later, I had the need to go and replace some of the items that I took out from my closet. So since I had this, um, Things stuck in my head, I decided to look for secondhand options because I also discovered that there is a huge reselling market trend going on right now. So I said, this is great. I want to help, you know, we all have to do our parts. And I went online to look for options and it turns out that, you know, good news is that there are a lot of great marketplaces out there with lots of different items. And at the same time, it's so much that it's it could get you overwhelmed easily because you have to navigate literally through thousands of different items at each platform that has its own unique way of categorizing things. So I just spent so much time looking for things that I liked. That I ended up not buying anything and actually a bit frustrated about it because I really wanted to get secondhand clothes. However, you know, with my lifestyle and the kids, I didn't have the time to put into that. And that's how the 20 seconds idea came to basically my head. I said, there should be a website where you could go and easily search throughout all of these other sites in one place so I got the idea and luckily I started to do some research about you know what to do with it and I came across the founder institute program which was accepting applications for the full cohort so I decided to give it a try and even though I have uh, marketing in I have a background in marketing and sales and not tech which is the focus of founder institute I decided to Go for it. So I applied, they accepted me, and you know, there I started the journey. And that's where I met Natasha, who's actually one of the directors and now is one of the co founders as well. So uh, basically, Trendy Seconds is a um, website where you can search and buy secondhand items in a curated way from different marketplaces where you will be able to mix and match different pieces from different sites, get recommendations to complete your look and pay for everything in one transaction.
0: That's awesome, that's so amazing. So I wanna take you back to where you got this idea where you were seeing that there was um, sustainable fashion, right, is is what you're, you're, um, you're pretty much uh, doing at this moment with Trendy Seconds sustainable fashion, because you saw that there was too much dispose in, in fashion. And that was something that really um, sent you on to this journey of seeing how you could end this process. Can you tell me a little bit more about why consumer uh, or uh, social responsibility and um, also to uh, fashion, this, this type of fashion is, is needed um, in the ecosystem for fashion?
1: Sure. I mean, there are so many answers to that. Um, basically, we are using our resources and throwing them away. So, to give you an idea, it takes 700 gallons of water to produce one T-shirt, one new T-shirt. So, what we want to help with is with the normalize, you know, normalize the idea that one item might have multiple owners to extend its life cycle and especially because there are so many clothes right now we basically duplicated the size of our closets over the last 15 years among other things mainly driven by fast fashion that gave us access to beautiful looking designs and a low uh, in a low cost right so right now we just buy the clothes that we want to use, maybe for one particular event, and that's it. And over 60% of the new clothes that is produced every year only for the U.S. ends up in the landfill, which was really amazing for me to find out. So we don't really have the conscience to understand what's going on behind it. And pretty much we want to help in this journey and you know put our efforts into build a more responsible consumption Mindset.
0: That's amazing, and I want to ask more about being now that we we are we're, the pandemic has happened, and a lot of us are are being a little bit more uh, responsible with how we spend our money, the consumption that we're that we're consuming, the things that we're buying. We really want to buy and purchase things that that mean a lot more to us, uh, that that align with our values. And this um this these these items that you're selling online are um recycled items or are they items that are how do you find these items that are that are trendy and at the same time they're still being conscious to uh, not just throwing them away in a landfill but reusing them repurposing repurposing them how are you guys doing that through trendy seconds?
1: yes we are still yes. in the prototyping phase. Uh, the idea has been moving so fast, so we haven't launched yet. However, our mainly so- our main source of products would be the marketplaces that already exist. And since we are working within this umbrella of, of responsible consumption, we're not talking only about secondhand items, um, but also about recycled and upcycled brands that even though they might be new items, they come from an old wine. So that's basically our philosophy. Natasha, do you want to Yeah, add I just
2: want to add because you know, I'll go like I'll go slightly backwards and then I add to that. So we actually uh, you know, I during the pandemic, I also started working on a different startup that was more about the curation and her recommendations for secondhand clothes. Because I believe that also part of sustainability is, you know, when people buy things they don't need or they do not know if they're gonna fit them, they're gonna look, you know, work well together with what they already have in the closet and fit them nicely and all of that. So my side was to kind of solve that problem. And again, when Maria joined FI for me it was like oh my god you know this is an amazing idea so let's see how we can make those two sides of um you know of the problem work together which basically on several levels come into the sustainable place so not only you do not send pieces to waste we're also aiming to basically reach out to sustainable upcycling um boutiques and shops and platforms along with the secondhand marketplaces so we kind of want to go through this whole life cycle of a piece and even for people who buy fast fashion which again our philosophy is to reduce that is at least that those items will have a longer life cycle and can be reused several times that's great that's wonderful
0: what kind of items are going to be um, for 20 seconds is this going to be of, of scale items, are this it going to be, um, you know, for middle uh, consumer, uh, middle American, or high end fashion? What kind of fashion pieces can we expect to see on twenty
1: seconds?
2: Uh, yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, no, we are right in the middle. So once we go into the market, because we want to make secondhand shopping easy. We are used to have to hunt, right? And there are some people that find a thrill in the hunting but the majority of people want convenience. So we want to make a platform where people can have fun looking for secondhand choices and that's why we are curating them. So uh, we are aiming towards the middle of the targets not very high end and not very low as well so we will have pretty much a bit of everything there in the mix so people uh, could you know there are some people that like some category uh, and they spend a bit more here but they are a bit more conscious about the budget in some other pieces so we'll will have um, a mix of different brands and items but basically right in the middle And we wanna make the entry point
2: for people easy. So, you know, not to start with the luxury um, segment, but just to go for basically an average millennial woman, um, you know, who's sustainably conscious and who is looking for fast, easy, efficient solution, you know, who has everyday life situations, work, family, a lot of things, so who can have an affordable, Entry point into the secondhand market, but also get things in a fast, efficient way.
0: Okay, so are you guys, is this going to be a millennial targeted uh, type of pink, uh, type of products, or is it for every every woman who can come here and would like
2: to buy and purchase from um, pre second? We look at the market, you know, we will not say, oh, you know, you cannot like, we're going to exclude people from this and that side. Because again, you know, if we look at the whole spectrum, like I, I'm an age group that, you know, actually has teenage daughters who are very much into the secondhand market. And, you know, they are much more aware, for example, uh, than, you know, my generation about the sustainability and how the recycle economy is important. So let's say, you know, we're not excluding anybody, we're just aiming to start with the millennial um, beca- millennial audience just because that's what we have uh, recognized as one of the highest potential uh, audiences to start with. But again, you know, we're not excluding either ends of the, of the spectrum.
1: And yeah, I, wanted, oh, I wanted to add to that that, you know, when we talked about secondhand hand market, a, a thing that many people don't know is that it doesn't even mean that the clothes was worn by someone. It just means that it's pre-owned. So actually what happens is that when you go there and start looking for things, you get many, many choices of even new items that still have a tag. So, this is something that people are unaware of, especially in the millennial market, because Gen Zs are much more conscious. They already have different platforms. They really enjoy it. They really cracked the code out of this. They, lo- they love to be, you know, changing clothes constantly, being the most photographed generation ever. So, they already understand how to play the game. However, the millennial segment, is still kind of a bit um, unaware about the possibilities that this market um, brings so there are a lot of things that are either new with tags or like new for up to 90 percent of the price
2: and actually learned something you know doing customer validations that apparently there are items that are with a little default but or defect but they apparently can be like missing a button or missing you know, like the stitching is not very good, and people say they find amazing bargains at, you know, very, very low prices, but for amazing things. So I think creating the awareness is also, you know, one of the things that we want to raise for the ecology, you know, for not having waste, but also, you know, that you can have a great deal, you know, budget-friendly, unique pieces that you can mix and match, have fun with. And uh, you know, just give them a long life uh, by reusing and and buying again.
0: That's so great. And I feel like the generation generation Z, and generation Y are the most digital um, type milit- of kids out here, um, and they're the most photographed um, and are digitally um, consuming. And tell me a little bit, how are, is the process going to be for Generation Z, Generation Y, when they're coming to your platform, discovering Trendy Seconds, how is that process going to take place? How are they going to be able to find these unique pieces on Trendy Seconds and receive them in their home?
1: So it's the same process for everybody, right? So the difference would be what they decide to go to do once they go into the website. Um, so you will get... At the end, you know, the end goal of the, of the product, you will have the option of taking a quiz about your style if you want to, or if you want to just browse and discover, you will be able to do that. So what we want to do is to be um, kind of like the simple way to buy in these other marketplaces, and you know where people can, with a single single checkout, receive multiple um, deliveries from whatever they chose. So the experience is going to be the same for everybody. It just depends on what they are used to do and their preferences about the browsing. Um, once we launch our first version, we will be able to learn what they want to do and. We want to be as fast as we can to be able to iterate as many times as we need to be able to cater those needs if we find that we are not meeting some of them. So Gen Z's, millennials, all of them are going to have the same experience. We are starting with a web responsive uh, platform. Uh, Hopefully down the line, you know, the second product will be a mobile version, an app.
2: Yeah, and we are doing a few things in parallel, actually validating the market and kicking off the development, you know, so we, we are running processes because we really see the need on the market. And 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 actually now is the best time to do that because still not everybody you know i think there was enough time for people to experience those who were not experience experiencing online shopping during the last what close to a year 10 months more and more people bought online so even those let's say you know you mentioned how we're going to reach you know z's and y's at the same time which are completely different groups on the one hand on the other hand you know a lot of the Generation Y um, people, they are used to thrift shopping and buying even consignment shops, you know, looking for vintage clothes, secondhand pieces again at thrift uh, stores and so on. But that, oh, you know, time of like 10 months or so, uh, gave them a chance to go online. And uh, so we do believe that we give answers to you know a really wide range of people. Um, and yeah, we're going to hopefully deliver very, very soon uh, the very first version of the product.
0: Yeah. uh, Your product, I see a lot more, a lot of, um, Sophia Ambrose. She is the founder of Nasty Gal. She also, uh, pieces from vintage shops and sold them on Amazon way back in the late 2000s. She's actually a millennial and it reminds me so much of what you guys are doing. So I think it's a great concept. I think that it's going to take off great. There's many of us, I included, who love vintage pieces, who love to see second hand pieces um, by, just like Nasty Gal, that's another one of my favorite brands. And I know that Trendy Seconds will become one too. That reminds me so much of that same concept, when, whenever people are gonna be going to the website and purchasing these items, is it going to be you who's going to be set shipping them or are they gonna be shipped from a different distributor?
1: They're going to be shipped from, from uh, um, to be picked, um, yeah. by you know, the vendor that they are purchasing from. So think of us, we are in the middle, right? So you will have the opportunity to make one transaction and then in the back of that, you will get Different orders from different sites, we will help you keep track of them and make the process easier. So it's kind of like when you go and you look for an airline ticket, for example, that you are purchasing throughout a different website other than the airline itself. But then, you know, the airline is who actually responds for whatever happens with the ticket. So we are in the middle facilitating the process for the user.
2: And it's important to add here that we are not taking loyal customers from any of the existing big platforms. We're actually trying to make it easier for those marketplaces to have an extra channel, either to attract new uh, audiences and new buyers or to make it more convenient for the ones that they already have. Because again, you know, we speak about a wide range of uh, marketplaces, which is there, as Maria has mentioned, to kind of facilitate this process and make to the research of the necessary, curated, you know, fitting you items easier and more efficient.
1: Yes, we, our ultimate goal is to increase the size of the category. We want to make people excited and to come into the second-hand market. So we want to grow that category as a whole and not compete with these marketplaces. If anything, we want to become their partners. Yeah.
0: That's really awesome. So for vendors who are vintage shoppers or who are vintage sellers, how can they reach you? How can they communicate with you in um, in order to be signed up, to be on this platform, to also be a partner with you guys, a vendor um, on your site?
1: Yes, anyone that wants to reach out, that's a great question. Um, you can go to trendyseconds.com and subscribe to our newsletter to stay in the loop. You can also follow us on Instagram. We will be being active very soon. Um, it's trendy.seconds. And you can send us a direct email. we love to hear from you as well at hello at trendyseconds.com We welcome anybody that wants to jump in into this project. And you know, it might be a potential customer, influencers, vintage lovers. We want to hear from you, and please connect.
2: Yeah, and also, you know, those that are on LinkedIn, also, you know, you can direct message us there, and from there, we can take it further. That's really great. I know that
0: there's a lot of people who are looking to uh um, vendors because I personally know that that is a very specialty and it is a unique market. Um, So vendors, um, how many vendors do you have signed up right now? And what does that process look like for others that can join you guys um, to become vendors so that they can be on your website as well um, to be able to uh, sell their unique vintage products or items um, that they can't find anywhere else, but only on Trendy Seconds?
1: So we are hoping to start with five different marketplaces. Uh, we are still exploring all of the options, and uh, if anyone is interested uh, in becoming one of our vendors, please reach out to us uh, at uh, hello at trendyseconds.com. This is really great. I feel like
0: this is going to be something that it is needed. Uh, conscious uh, consuming is, is something that. Um, because of the pandemic, many people are really beginning to um, take notice of what they purchase. Um, I think that fashion has a responsibility to um, stop the excess waste of clothing material that uh, we are just throwing away. Um, I really feel like vintage shopping and second items are not u- not used, but Um, moderately used, And like you said, some of them still have the the tags on them. It's a great way for people to be aware and purchase things that are going to, like you said, um, last a lifetime and not just throw it away and see it in a landfill. And I really am glad that there's somebody out here who's really taking the initiatives to want to change this and really make a positive impact not only in our consumption, but also in the fashion industry as well, because the fashion industry has a big responsibility to uh, change these things because they are the ones who are the problem, who are part of the problem, but they can also become part of the the, the solution. And I'm really glad that 20 Seconds is wanting to be part of the solution. Um, can you tell me a little bit about you guys' background? What what pursued you guys or what... what um, Inspire you guys to want to take on this initiative, such a big initiative for
2: fashion responsibility.
1: Natasha, want to go first?
2: Yeah. So my background is actually I, I spent my whole life. I'm a product manager who worked for tech industry all my life. Um, I I was born and raised in Moscow, moved to Israel in my very early twenties, and you know tech industry there is huge and very very advanced and very developed. But, you know my road was not into entrepreneurship i kind of followed the very basic you know go to school have great grades go to great college and then you know after you graduate um find a wonderful job and then stay in the field for as long as you can so that's basically how my path started but luckily i was always part of either innovative teams or on the innovation side or working in startups so that kind of gave me the taste and the look into, oh, my God, you know, things can work differently and you don't have to be part of a huge machine. You can be much more much more agile, move faster and develop amazing products. And simultaneously, you know, I always liked good clothes and good pieces and I was into fashion. So like during all the like, let's say 20 years of my career, I had points in time when, you know, I took the styling course and, I was in London for a six week program in fashion and styling. So I kind of felt, you know, I, I should probably approach this industry somehow, but I didn't know how. Again, having two small children and a full time job. So I had even a blog when, you know, blogs just started that I shut up, at, you know, in the uh, shutdown, sorry, in the, like late 2011, early 2012. So it was kind of in and out. And for me, you know, that's what I keep saying that for me, trendy seconds is. You know, that one thing when you know it feels right, it's when everything comes together, the mission, the goal, the path, the experience of combining, you know, technology and business and um, fashion and sustainability. Because again, you know, my last actually corporate project was on sustainability, but in the different in uh, travel industry. Uh, but again, it's just you know all of that combined together feels extremely right very exciting it is challenging but you know we know we are on a path for something amazing and um yeah you know i'm looking really excited going forward
1: now in my case i I was born and raised in venezuela and i was always the curious kid so my path was pretty much discovering things that i liked which were a lot and by the time I had to choose a career path that was absolutely overwhelming for me because I saw all of my friends choosing theirs based on what they didn't like instead of what they did like so in my case since I liked so many things that was a pretty hard choice so at the moment at the time you know in Venezuela you don't get to have some exploration semesters before committing to a career. You have to go in from the beginning. And, you know, I thought I like to help people. So I decided to pursue a career in the healthcare field. And right in the middle of those years, I founded my first company. Um, It was a great journey. Um, I started that with one of my brothers. You know, we had an idea, we had a prototype, Put a very good team together, pitch it to a key stakeholder, even got an investor, and we got potential customers ready to sign up as soon as we launch. That lasted for about a year, and I was doing that on the side of my studies, and we couldn't launch. Many things happened around the way, but it was the aha moment for me that let me know that you know what there is something great that i need to explore and i don't know what it is so as soon as i completed my degree and i did great at the university because i just like to learn and you know i even though i had a full a full-time job offer at the time from the university to become a professor you know i I knew that there was something else out there and I had to say, thank you, no thank you, I need to explore this. So my first job was actually at a financial institution. At that time I was learning a lot by finance, by myself as a hobby, so I started there and that lasted for a while uh, until I got the opportunity to get an MBA degree overseas. So I moved to Spain, got my degree, went back to Venezuela and then my career focused on sales and marketing in great big multinational companies. And over the, my last job, I started my second company that also, you know, even lasted less than the first one because at the time the economical and political crisis in Venezuela was getting so hard. We were importing beauty products. And we faced a huge devaluation and the government made it basically illegal to import any type of thing. So that lasted for about six months. But I've been always drawn towards the entrepreneurial path one way or another. And now yeah, you know, it's a it's a long story because you know, I I had to take a break from my career when I got married. I had my two kids. I moved to Brazil and now I'm here um, after a while, not being in the job market and right when I was ready to jump in into a full-time job because I love to work, I love to create, the pandemic hit. And then, you know, fast forward, nine months later or so, here we are. And I think it's amazing because, I'm very grateful of the opportunities that this country and this city specifically have for entrepreneurship. And I hope that with this project, we can help and raise awareness about, especially after 2020, that was so hard on everybody. You know, We're all in this together. We, we need to understand that our actions have consequences in everybody else, not just ourselves. So that's it. I tried to sum up my background there. That's kind of my path. That's
0: really awesome. I want to take you back to when you had to, um, your first business, your first company, you pitched it, you found investors. So for our listeners that are listening and who um, are wanting to become founders or who are wanting to make an impact in the world, make a change and find something, some type of solution, or who might want to also join the ecosystem in changing um, sustainability in fashion. What would be some insight or maybe some tips that you might want to recommend in in telling um, these future female founders about pitching or finding investors um, to start the journey?
1: I think it all depends on the motivation and the eagerness that everybody has, right? So the, the, my first uh, business was in Venezuela and I didn't have remotely the opportunities that this country has. So I found, you know, the investors and the team.
0: you guys have your mics off? Do you mind putting your like on? There you go.
1: But it was, I, I could listen. That's why I didn't. On um, Clubhouse. Okay, Okay. so, you know, as, as I was saying, um, when I started my first company, I didn't have remotely the resources that this country has because I was in Venezuela, right? So it's all about the hustling and, go out there and introduce yourself, not be afraid of, you know, your ideas and overcome insecurities because many times what stop us, you know, it's ourselves because we think that maybe the idea is not good enough. Maybe people are not going to like it. My biggest piece of advice to anyone that wants to start an entrepreneurship journey is go out there. You know, we, you have the internet you have LinkedIn to reach out to people. You have a lot of acceleration programs like the one that I did here that really make the difference in every way. You know, I found great mentors. I have now a network of incredible people that are willing to help. They have valuable knowledge and they are really happy to give a hand to a fellow entrepreneur. So you know, especially Houston also has this ecosystem now that is very vibrant, so I would invite everybody to, you know, use that. Go out there, introduce yourselves, talk about your ideas and get people excited about them. I mean, it it's like you have all the resources, the difference is how are you going to use them.
2: And- to help,
0: when um, really you pitch your idea the very first business, what is something that you learned from that time that has changed through pitching now? So, back then, when you were younger and you pitched your first idea in your first business, what has changed within that pitch to the next pitch where you pitched this time at
1: FI? wow uh, that's a very good question a lot right not just from the business perspective but also for my maturity (laughs) just because of the experiences that i have um, after that i was very young i think i was 21 and the beauty of that was that i wasn't afraid of talking to maybe the vp of the company you know I had the, the product that we wanted to launch was a magazine and it was a movie magazine. So we were on track to have a very good partnership with the biggest movie theater change, a chain in my country at the time. And I was so passionate about the idea. I thought it was a great product. They didn't see it. We can make it very cool. We had a very nice prototype. They loved it. And... I think that is something that didn't change and shouldn't change. The passion about what you're building should always be there. Um, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was not to rely on just one stakeholder, which was the, you know, the mistake at that time. We were negotiating with this chain. All of the sudden, things happen. The negotiation didn't happen because they move a lot of people within. Many people resign. A lot of things uh, happened at the same time. And we didn't have a plan B because the negotiation was with them. And all of the sudden, we didn't have any distribution channel or anything like that. And the project was over because we were just thinking of, you know it was dependent on one stakeholder so uh, right now from the get-go we are thinking on different ways to manage things and you know once you are always going to make mistakes but pretty much the journey ends once the entrepreneur decides that it ends and gives up so we at the time we were doing that business as a site we didn't really, you know, we said, oh, okay, we tried a year, a year and a half is enough. So let's not waste, which is something smart to do sometimes as well, when you see that the, this is not working, you're spending so much money or whatever, let's stop. But the biggest learn is, you know, to be agile and come up with solutions to overcome that obstacle and not rely on just, you know, in plan A, because what happens if that falls through? then you don't have anything.
2: I would like to add a little bit about the resource, you know, what people who are inspiring or people who want to be founders and entrepreneurs can do. Because again, my path was also different. You know, I had a very successful career and then we moved to the U S for my husband's job with me not being able to work for legal reasons. I just didn't have a work permit uh, to to work in the U S market. So once I did get it, I actually started, um, I was helping while I could not work just doing volunteer, you know, like strategy, product strategy, go to market, you know, product uh, feed and all of that. And then I started consulting and and then when I started doing that, you know, I was looking around what's in, in you know, there in Houston. And I have to say that, you know, there's so many resources in Houston today, there are startup development organizations and there are a few at different level you know i'm a director today at uh the institute and you know i started just going to networking events to you know talking to people at different you know not, not even knowing just basically googling you know female founders what is it here like with all kinds of opportunities for startups and founders and You know, I basically started as a mentor for FI. Um, I've been a director there for close to a year. There are all kinds of levels of resources. There are all kinds of resources for different levels of entrepreneurship. So from, you know, at FI, you can, you know, you can investigate your idea, you can validate it, and you can basically get to an MVP point, more or less. You know, there are other more advanced resources. And I would just say that, of course, you know, networking you know, now is a problem and it has been for a year, but, you know, look online and the good thing about Houston, and I really have to say, you know, we both Marie and I are not from here. So for us, the experience has been incredibly good and positive because people are so willing to give back and partially, you know, it's the, the entrepreneurial NDA. I think people overall who are on that journey are much more willing to share and help but also i think you know in houston and in texas because this ecosystem is connected to austin and you know to dallas um it's a good place to explore to start to make the first steps you know make mistakes learn from them get up and continue so yeah there are a lot of um good things and you know just one more thing even about pitching many times people think pitching is something you know you have like a presentation and then you you know dress up you go on stage or you sit in front of the camera you know pitch to everyone this is how you practice you know sharing you know your idea in 30 seconds in a minute three minutes if you have to whoever is there to listen you know more than your close family and friends circle but wherever you can you know pitching an idea does not have to be a competition or you know getting on stage it can be just you know in your close circle or knowing somewhere you know talking to someone somewhere like a coffee shop and validating that idea right away that's also a good opportunity it hasn't that you know i just i would encourage people not to make it too hard for themselves and like look for opportunities everywhere yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: 20 seconds, 20
1: seconds, 20 seconds that I didn't get the question. Yeah, me either. neither. Oh, said 20 seconds, 20
0: seconds
1: oh, we are expecting to have the very first version out somewhere in April. So we are working very hard for that to happen.
0: That's
1: great. And is it? To get better and better, <laughs> because you know when you are in this startup world, you you launch a phase of your project and then you you test that and you, you develop the second one, you test that. So the whole product will take a while to come into the market. So that's why I'm saying like to get better and better because we are launching in phases. So we launch phase one test that get feedback from the users and then you know um, improve whatever we need then launch phase two and so forth We will have our for our, our full product there um sometime this year yes
2: and you know 2020 taught us that agility is the way to go because nothing is You know, nothing is proven, and and you know things change so quickly and in such little amount of time. So you know, agility is probably not probably agility is the way to go. Um, That's why we're doing it in small, um, small portions.
0: Okay, in this first phase, how is the experience going to be for the user? What can we can we go um, in phase one? uh, What is something that you guys are going to have that different? or what are you going to be um, contributing into the ecosystem for fashion? But we can expect when we go to 20 seconds, what will be the experience that, for the first
1: phase for a user? So we are actually before launching our very first version of the product, we're going to launch our website and our social media to start the conversation. We want to start creating awareness not just about the business but about the sustainability issue right and we want to be a platform that gives information to people not just about clothes but also about other things that revolve around the clothes um, environment so that's the first thing you should expect our uh, social media active with lots of information You know, we want to uh, engage with the community. Let's talk about this and, you know, give you tips and tricks about all of this sustainability um, theme. And then for the first version of the product, uh, you can expect to have one place where you can search from multiple sites of secondhand clothes at the same time with some ability to get recommendations of pieces that would go with whatever you are looking for. That would be like our minimum product to start.
2: And you know, we have, today you can't make it possible without technology. So we have really big plans, not only on the product side and marketplace side and sustainable side, we also have a very big, We have huge you know uh, plans in terms of the technology and how to make everything work and you know it just will be coming together basically the educational part and the technological part that you know we're both going to be testing at more or less the same time so the overall big goal is is huge and very ambitious but you know we're proud to take the challenge Um, and you know these are one of the things that we are testing and starting with uh, right now to see how to make it all work. And I would actually add one more little thing in terms of, you know, it's not only the clothes, we want to take it even further. You know, there are products that people use for clothes to wash, you know, the detergents, uh, soaps, all of that, you know, uh, products that can uh, prolong the life cycle of a product. So we're looking, you know, into this, niche as well not to step in but kind of to add and educate people of how you can basically make your product live longer and be in a better condition but also be part of the our platform as well.
0: Yeah this is great. I feel like there can also be uh, there's a lot of launched. beauty response uh, a uh, conscious beauty section where it is all vegan, all natural. And they are social responsible as well in the beauty market. So I can definitely see um, 20 Seconds also adding an additional beauty section to it as well. And you guys, I am so thankful and so glad that you came and joined me today and listening to your story and really hearing about, about the journey that it's taking you to get to where you are, you are at phase one, and I am also very excited to see you at phase two and at phase three when you are completely launched and when you guys are up and really really being good love to have you back up on the show so that we can continue this conversation because it is very true uh fashion uh, consciousness and being you know socially responsible for what's happening right now is an important topic that i feel like we can continue speaking on as well so i'd love to have you guys back on the show and on the podcast continue this conversation and then listen to your feedback on what you're hearing about the marketplace.